Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good evening. Nora is on assignment. I'm Margaret Brennan. And we begin with breaking news on the coronavirus. Moments ago, we learned that 21 people on board the cruise ship sitting off the California coast have tested positive for the coronavirus. We'll have much more on that in a moment. Worldwide, cases of the coronavirus have surpassed 100,000, and a top health official warns we are at the beginning of the storm. In the U.S., more than 270 cases have been confirmed with at least 14 deaths. Moments ago, Vice President Pence said it still may be weeks before testing kits are broadly available. Jamie Yukis starts us off in San Francisco. Jamie, what do we know about those 21 people who tested positive? Well, here's what we know. 46 people were tested on the cruise ship for the coronavirus. Of those, 21 tests came back positive. The breakdown includes 19 crew members and two passengers. And we're just learning now that everyone on board will be tested. Here I am on the Princess cruise ship. New tonight, passengers aboard the Grand Princess tell us more people will be tested for coronavirus while they wait off the coast of San Francisco. So far, 21 people on board have tested positive. I mean, I would like to test everybody and like test me to make sure, you know. Monica Actor is one of some 3,500 passengers and crew on the luxury ship. For the second night at sea, food is being delivered to rooms, and staff has asked passengers not to open their doors. If you are experiencing any symptoms of respiratory illness, such as fever, cough, or shortness of breath, please remain in your stateroom. This is the same Princess cruise ship that returned with sick passengers last month. 
One man from that trip died in isolation at a California hospital this week. We were like, what is going on? 69-year-old Margie Hartle was on board and is now quarantined in her Sacramento home. She says she went to the ship's medical center on the same day as the man who passed away. I understand what the governor is doing about having all these people on the Grand Princess uh, currently. He's testing them. What about Ground Zero, us, that were on the ship on February the 11th through February the 21st? If I sound pissed off, I am. And today, the University of Washington canceled in-person classes until the quarter ends March 20th. Final exams will be taken virtually. A little stressful at the moment. At least 13 people have died in Washington state. More than half are linked to this nursing home, where these pictures reveal the heartbreaking emotional toll. Tonight, Dorothy Campbell can only speak through a window to her husband of more than 60 years. He's confined to isolation. The vice president just announced that the ship will be brought to a non-commercial port in San Francisco where everyone again will be tested. That's 3,500 people. We've also learned 1,100 crew members will be quarantined. Margaret. Jamie Yukis in San Francisco. An airline industry group says the outbreak could cost airlines about $113 billion in lost revenue as Americans wonder is it safe to fly? Chris Van Cleve now with information travelers need to know. With the spread of the virus, people are wondering if it's safe to fly. Doctor, would you get on a flight today? I would get on a flight if I needed to. Doctors we spoke to said yes if you're under 55 and have no underlying health conditions. If you're a 25-year-old and get on a plane, you're going to be fine. Even if you get the virus, you're going to be fine. But if you're 75 or are getting chemotherapy or have a heart condition, it probably makes sense that you stay home now. With a sick person next to you on a plane, CBS News contributor Dr. David Agus had this advice. If that happens, ring the bell, tell the flight attendant, and tell the person next to you, would you mind putting on a mask? And in today's world, where we are one community, they should not mind. The plane itself is not considered unsafe because the air is filtered for viruses and bacteria every few minutes, and airlines have put new cleaning procedures in place. It's getting to the plane where you're more exposed. It's standing in the cattle car uh, at the gate where you're all waiting to get on or getting off, where many people are congregated right together. It's every bit as much the risk as being on the plane itself. Here at LAX, a second medical screener has tested positive for the coronavirus. Americans returning from four countries with the greatest outbreaks are subject to health screenings in L.A. and 10 other airports, but a new study finds two-thirds of infected travelers are likely making it into the U.S. undetected. And the doctors we talked to today weren't terribly surprised by that two-thirds number because those health screenings that are going on at LAX and at other airports are really focused only on spotting fever. Margaret. Chris Van Cleve on the ground at LAX. Thank you. Today, President Trump signed off on $8.3 billion in emergency spending to fund prevention, to provide medical supplies, and help to research a vaccine. Later, while visiting the CDC, the president was optimistic about efforts to contain the virus. More now from Paul Lurie. Touring the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta today, President Trump downplayed the scale of the outbreak. In this big, vast land of ours, this great country of ours, we have 240 cases. Most of those people are going to be fine. 
a vast majority going to be fine. We've had 11 deaths. But those numbers are not correct. There are at least 277 confirmed cases and 14 people have died. Originally, Mr. Trump canceled the trip on reports someone at the CDC had the virus, but that turned out to be false. Pictures, are you protecting yourself at all? Not at all. With cruise ships having suffered several outbreaks, CBS News has learned the administration may discourage Americans from traveling on the ships. And the vice president will meet with industry representatives tomorrow. They would like to have the people come off. I'd rather have the people stay. I don't need to have the numbers double because of one ship. After signing the coronavirus funding package, the president suggested the outbreak was unexpected, even though his administration was issuing quarantines and travel restrictions in late January. But it's an unforeseen problem. What a problem. Came out of nowhere, but we're taking care of it. Tonight, the vice president said while the overall risk remains low, he urged Americans with serious pre-existing conditions to take precautions. He also said that elderly Americans should use common sense and caution in planning any cruises. Margaret. Your judgment may be your own best protection. Well, new numbers today show the job market was in strong shape before the coronavirus began to sweep through the nation. Employers added 273,000 jobs in February. The unemployment rate edged down to 3.5 percent. But the outbreak remains a major concern on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 256 points today. And tonight, small businesses are especially worried. Here's Janet Shamlian. At this small smartwatch startup in Austin, the coronavirus is infecting the bottom line. Just as orders were coming into Unaliware, the Chinese effort to stop the spread shut down factories, including the one this business can't survive without. What kind of a problem for a company like yours is that? There are little pieces that we have in the watch that get made in China, and if we don't have them, we can't make watches. It's a tiny circuit board already paid for. Production is two months behind schedule. And so that makes it a double whammy for a smaller business like mine because the capital is already tied up, but we still aren't able to, to sell. Coronavirus is hurting small and mid-sized businesses nationwide. 21% report a moderate to severe impact. More than half say they're making changes, like increasing prices or lowering business costs to protect themselves. Big events are getting hit too. Uh, I've gone ahead and uh, uh, declared a, a local disaster. Austin's just canceled South by Southwest conference brought in more than $350 million last year. Back at Unaliware, they're not sure when they'll get their critical parts. A watch company running out of time. Janet Shamley and CBS News, Austin. A mother suspected in the disappearance of her two children appeared before a judge in Idaho today. Here's Jonathan Vigliotti. Tonight in a packed courtroom, Lori Vallow's first appearance back in Idaho, speaking barely above a whisper. Yes. As many in the town of Rexburg demanded to know where are seven-year-old JJ and 17-year-old Tylee. Vallow, who's charged with felony child abandonment, has revealed nothing about the fate of her kids. Investigators confirmed Tylee was last seen in Yellowstone National Park. There is no evidence of Tylee Ryan leaving this park. The FBI is now calling on everyone that visited here September 8th to look through their photos for signs of the family.
As Vallow's husband, Chad Daybell, looked on, her defense attorney complained Vallow has been hounded by the masses. She cannot go anywhere without cameras and people scrutinizing her every single move. Also speaking out, JJ's grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock, whose demand for a welfare check launched the search. Right now, I only have one question. Where are the kids? Where are the kids? Where are the kids? Bring them home. And bail was set at $1 million. If Vallow is released, she'll have to wear an ankle bracelet. At no point during this hearing did she or her attorney mention where the kids are. Margaret. Thank you, Jonathan. Tonight, there is hope that a new ceasefire may take hold in Syria. For months, Syrian forces backed by Russia have been trying to force rebels out of the one part of northwest Syria that they still control. Three million civilians are caught in the middle, including young children. Ian Lee reports from the war zone. The ceasefire came a day too late for this three-month-old little boy and his family. They were all killed in an airstrike. Before the ceasefire, we traveled inside Syria to witness firsthand what millions of civilians have been facing for months. Some of the most intense fighting is happening on this front line here in Idlib province. We are seeing airstrikes, artillery strikes, and right there now you can also see just now another airstrike hit down the road. Jets overhead serve as a warning to those below. Flashing yellow at this children's hospital means warplanes are nearby. Premature babies already fighting for their lives could be the next target. Don't uh, show the, the name. name of the hospital. Yeah. Do you feel that the regime will target your hospital? Yeah. <laughs> Little Bayan was hit by shrapnel. One and a half years old, she's already scarred for life. Inside cramped refugee camps, it's hard to see a future here. Yeah, Mohammed fled with her four children, two of which are disabled. I ask her, how is life in the camp? She tells me, people here are trying to help, but I'm still alone with my children. Previous ceasefires have failed, so many here expect more bombs and more terror. Ian Lee, CBS News in Idlib, Syria. It is the biggest humanitarian horror story of the 21st century, according to the United Nations. There is alarm and outrage tonight after a protester unfurled a Nazi flag bearing a swastika just as Bernie Sanders was taking the stage last night at an Arizona rally. Today, Sanders, who is Jewish and had relatives who died in the Holocaust, says what happened is horrific. The incident is sparking new calls for the Secret Service to protect both Sanders and his chief rival, Joe Biden. The New York City Police Department is investigating the violent takedown of a young black man suspected of smoking marijuana outside a park. Errol Barnett has the story. What crime did I stop? Move it! You about to shoot me? Stop moving! I don't have a crime. I don't have a weapon on me. 20-year-old Fitzroy Gale, seen pinned by a plainclothes police officer in Brooklyn Wednesday, says he was afraid because the officer did not identify himself. Moments later, a bystander also captures backup police rushing to the scene. Gale screams as officers swarm and tackle him. Today, he and his family spoke with CBS News. How are you feeling? Very distraught, um, like lost. 
New York Police Commissioner Dermot Shea says Gale fled officers after he was seen smoking marijuana in a park, which his lawyer denies. Gale's charges include resisting arrest and marijuana possession. 90% of marijuana possession arrests in New York City involve African Americans and Latinos. I'm going to look for an investigation just to make sure I know everything that happened here. He stays out of trouble. And there's a lot of young men going through this on the street right now. They're innocent, just like everybody else. Now, Mr. Gale's lawyer tells us he will move to have these charges dismissed next week. And he says even if his client did possess marijuana, the punishment is a $50 fine. One other note, Margaret, the district attorney here had already said he's not even prosecuting such cases. Errol Barnett, thank you. One of Steve Hartman's favorite stories recently took a bittersweet turn when Dan Peterson died at 86. So tonight's On the Road is a tribute to a man who overcame his personal grief thanks to a little girl who gave him a reason to smile again. Dan Peterson was late for his own memorial service. Four years late. According to his brother, Jesse, Dan was ready to die back in 2016. And some little girl who was four years old said, hi, old person. <laughs> that little giver of life was Nora Wood. Nora met Dan during his darkest days. As we first reported in November of 2016, Dan's wife had just died. He was severely depressed and out grocery shopping for himself here in Augusta, Georgia, when Nora spotted him. As you can see on the security footage, she just randomly reached out to this total stranger and then had the audacity to demand a hug. I said, a hug? I said, absolutely. <laughs> Nora got her hug and then asked her mom, Tara, to take a picture of her with her new friend. And his little lip quivered and he was teared up and it was just sweet. And I said, you don't know. This is the first time for quite a while that I've been as happy. After we first told this story, we thought for sure the love would fade. But Nora and Dan saw each other at least once a week. He was there for her kindergarten graduation. How about that? And she was there to stroll his garden. These are all tomatoes. And of course, there were countless hugs along the way. It was the first thing she did when we walked in. It was the last thing she did when we left. This was Nora's final visit with her sister Marigold the day before Dan died. No story I've ever told has resonated as deeply as this one. Over the years, Dan got thousands of letters from around the world, and now the condolences are pouring in for Nora. And you can't help but wonder why, with so much else going on in the world, I think it was just humanity at its best to love and to be loved. A prescription for happiness that will get us through anything. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Augusta, Georgia. Next week on the CBS Evening News, Harry and Meghan perform their final duties as senior members of the royal family. If you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Margaret Brennan. I'll see you Sunday on Face the Nation. 
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.